Welcome back to another episode of The Military Mentor. My name is Mike and I am the host of this podcast. Today, we are going to talk about a divisive conversation concerning gun control in America. I am personally tired of seeing headlines day after day about children and young adults that don't have an opportunity to live out of their lives because they're being gunned down and killed because the adults that are charged with creating a safe society, the ones that are supposed to be responsible, creating a safe environment for our children are not making timely and right decisions to create such an environment. Over this past weekend, there were, or this past week, there were 15 people killed and 94 injured across 13 states over this last 4th of July week. So as I'm getting ready to fire up my barbecue grill from Germany, I'm reading news from America and headlines are popping into my phone such as shooting at 4th of July festival in Fort Worth leaves three dead and eight injured and Four killed, two injured in Philadelphia's uh, shooting. And this is a repeated, this is you know one of the many uh, articles that popped in just this weekend. This is a problem, all right? Um, statistics show that over the past week, because I looked it up yesterday, that there were 364 deaths and 770 injuries just in this past week. And over the last, this past year, there were 300, excuse me, 33,462 deaths and 64,413 injuries due to guns. And these numbers are extremely alarming. So, Everyone hinges um, the argument on the gun issue to the Second Amendment. So let's start there. Let's go and explore the Second Amendment. All right. So the Second Amendment says a well-regulated militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not be infringed. So let's break that down a little bit. Starting off with the first four words, a well-regulated militia. So why did we need militias? Because in the beginning, uh, we didn't always have a freestanding army because the observations were that inside of the British colonies, when you had a freestanding army, they were always there, ready to go to suppress the people and allowing uh, the British to uh, exercise their will over folks. So the militia groups uh, were kind of a stopgap. They were there that, you know, the freestanding army um, at the time was only allowed to exist for two year increments to be funded and it had to be a relevant threat um, why the army would be put together and Congress uh, holds the power to erect such an army. And in the meantime, 
the militia groups were there um, to provide coverage. And the militia groups also were there to make sure that people didn't relive um, the oppression that they experienced in the British colonies. So George Mason argued that the importance of the militia and the right to bear arms um, is based off of the British government's effort to disarm people um, because it was an effective way to enslave them. Um, so this was the mindset of, of the time and the need for a militia. So the Second Amendment was ratified in 1791 uh, to permit the state militia to own and bear firearms for the purpose of fighting against a tyrannical government. And back then, the primary weapon was a single shot musket. So back then, that was adequate. If you had a militia group with these guns, they can effectively fight in the mass. And, you know, if they were if they felt they were being oppressed by the government. But today, um, having served 20 years in the military and understanding um, our capability, the, even the guns that are in the streets and the homes of average citizens uh, would not be effective uh, to stop a tyrannical government um, based off of the capabilities, the advanced capabilities that citizens um, don't have access to. So why do we hold guns today? Um, well, the, the number one reason why people hold guns today, according to statistics, is uh, for self-defense. Um, they, they list personal protection as the number one reason to own firearms because they're afraid that somebody else with a gun might uh, come after them. So it's almost a circular logic issue where I need a gun because somebody else has a gun and then there's always going to infinitely be a reason to own a gun because the issue only becomes more and more exasperated over time. So looking at um, the original ver uh, wording of, the, of that Second Amendment, so this went through various iterations before it landed in the specific verbiage that it has today. And you have to understand the context of the time. Um, during the 1700s, slavery was a popular thing. And uh, 1776, uh, Thomas Jefferson submitted a version of this Second Amendment that stated, no free man shall ever be debarred the use of arms within his own land or tenements. At the time, even though there were slaves, um, there was concern because if blacks were ever to become free, then they would have the right to bear arms. So that became a concern. So the Second Amendment went through various revisions and the term a well-regulated militia um, was decided on because blacks were not allowed to join militias. So this provided um, some coverage uh, for, for people who had concerns about slaves. And that's why the right to bear arms was deliberately tied to membership in a militia by the slave owner and the chief drafter of the amendment, James Madison, uh, because he knew that whites uh, were the only ones allowed uh, to join inside the militia. Um, the Second Amendment um, was not designed to serve the purpose that it serves today. It wasn't designed to be a hobbyist um, endeavor to collect guns just to have them. 
the goal was that people would contribute um, to the defense of their state. Uh, they would use it for self-defense and to resist oppression. And today, um, I haven't seen one news headline where an individual has pulled out a gun to defend their state or to stop a bad person from doing something. Uh, you know, that's not the majority of the news articles that are popping up. You don't have Batmans running around uh, protecting people, um, leveraging their Second Amendment right. And what you see more of is that there are kids being gunned down and killed uh, inside their schools where they should have a reasonable expectation of protection. You see people being killed at happy events like carnivals and, and parades. And um, this is this is where the guns are being deployed. I looked up statistics yesterday on this and it said that there have been 364 deaths um, this year, uh, excuse me, this past week uh, due to guns and over 770 injuries. And over the past year, there have been 33,462 deaths and 64,413 injuries. In fact, uh, guns, according to the CDC, are the leading cause of death for U.S. children and teens, uh, surpassing car accidents. And firearms accounted for nearly 19% of childhood deaths for ages 1 through 18 in 2021. Um, nearly 3,600 children died just that year due to uh, gun incidences. So for the people who stand their grounds um, with the right to bear arms and, and, and promote everyone having unlimited access with no additional considerations around uh, gun control are, are promoting the slaughtering of our children in America. And I, I found this YouTube channel just by happenstance, uh, excuse me, a Twitter channel, and this, this, these guys they have a channel called The Good Liar, and they go around interviewing people who have interesting perspectives um, in America. And I want to play this clip for you that uh, took me back uh, a little bit when I listened to it, but I was surprised. But I just want you to listen to this perspective of these two gentlemen that were interviewed on, on the way they see um, gun regulations. So I'm going to play this clip and then we're going to get back to it. All right, it's, it's coming, it's coming. Let me refresh my screen here. There we go. Biden can say we can't have bazookas or something, but, you know, I don't, I don't know that you couldn't, you know. Bazooka, though? Should any everyday Americans have a bazooka? Founding fathers would have had like that bazookas. <laughs> Founding fathers like also owned slaves and didn't let yeah. women vote, right? Well, times have changed. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Times have changed. So, so you, should there be an amendment on the Second Amendment? Because times are changing. There's so many. I doubt that's ever going to happen. Would you be in favor of it though? No. If it saved children's lives? No. Even if it saved children's lives? Because that's not going to be the answer. But, but if it if it did statistically save children's lives should we have more gun control uh no biden can say we can't have bazookas or something all right so in that clip 
uh, I don't know if you guys are as concerned as I am, but this demonstrates uh, he doesn't speak for all Americans, but there's a lot of people who share the same viewpoint as that gentleman who looks like he is probably close to the grave. Uh, he's probably uh, looks like he's up there in age and he's making decisions on uh, on an issue that uh, kids, uh, the 3,600 kids that got killed in 2021 uh, didn't have a chance to even vote on. And he's going to make a decision and say, hey, even if regulation could have potentially saved those children he would not support uh any type of regulation change because what's more important is to have his shiny guns at home and i'll tell you as a veteran that is highly offensive uh when we go overseas and i've had people lay their lives down for the country um to go over there and fight terrorism abroad so it doesn't affect uh, our country and that people can live normal lives without the consideration that our brothers and sisters in the Middle East uh, live every day as a reality and they lay their lives down and when they come home um, people within America are terrorizing each other so we go fight terrorism abroad but we say we're not going to address terrorism at home in fact we're going to enable it um, when you look at some of these states uh, that have what they call preemptive laws um, that prevent uh, the you know, counties and, and, and cities around their states from enacting any type of meaningful regulation um, to address problems in their local area. So if you have a city that has um, an issue with shootings and things of that nature and say that local um, you know, mayor or whatever says they want to put stricter law policies in place, then they may be subject to the preemption laws of that state that says, no, you can't restrict anything because we need to make sure everybody has free flowing access to guns so they can continue to kill each other. For example, in Colorado, a preemption law had prevented cities and municipalities from passing gun regulation measures. Um, Boulder tried to ban semi-automatic weapons in 2018 after a gunman with an AR-15 style rifle opened fire at a high school in Parkland, Florida, killing 17 and surpassing the Columbine High School shooting as the deadliest high school shooting in America. A state court struck down um, this ban in, in March 12th this year, um, 10 days before a 21-year-old man with a semi-automatic Ruger AR-556 pistol killed 10 people in a grocery store in Boulder and and this judge's decision was not based on the second amendment it was based on a violation of Colorado's preemption law so before we even get to the second amendment as a topic of conversation at the state level um, rules are being put in place to not make it safer to not make it better um, they're, they're putting rules in place to make sure that people continue to have access to resources to kill each other. And that's what that's exactly uh, what's happening. You know, it's sad when you have service members who fight for the country and when they're finished their tour and they retire or they get out the military, a lot of them can see the problems in America with the with the gun issue and they choose to live abroad because um, they want to be able to allow their kids to go outside and play 
um, without being concerned that they might get shot. They want to go to carnivals without having to worry about mass shooters or even send their kids to school to get an education and know that they're going to come home when the school bell goes off. And it seems that there is a about 50% of the American population don't share the concern about the impact that um, the lack of gun regulation has within within America. And, and that's concerning. Um, we have a lot of political conversation recently about abortions uh, and, and birth control. And it seems like the government is placing a lot of emphasis on this particular topic and taking away women's rights to make decisions for their own bodies because of the concern uh, related to the unborn fetus. And even under the conditions of rape, um, they have put uh, controls in place that says, hey, that's not even a scenario in which you can take the life of that poor fetus. However, comma, if that baby is born and that baby is one years old, it's okay if somebody comes and shoots that baby um, at some type of carnival event or inside the crib for whatever reason, and that's okay. And we're not gonna do anything about that. So the birth control is now the bullet, and, and that's okay. And and this is, um, you know, one of the, the, you know, mindset problems that I see with the way that we look at the gun control issue. So most people, their views about gun control are informed by their political affiliation it's, it's informed by their ownership of weapons. And I believe that the empathy perspective of being able to remove yourself and think about things from the perspective of that parent who has lost a child or that child who has lost a father or somebody who's lost a brother or a friend, how do they feel about the senseless murder of their family members who, in most cases, when you read the news article, has purchased these weapons legally and went and then commenced these crimes. So it's not that people are printing guns or trafficking guns across the border. Most of these guns are purchased legally and people are inspired by other people's actions uh, to go and do horrendous things. You know, guns have become a form of expression. Um, this, um, what's that lady's name? Congress Taylor, Major Green or something to that effect. You guys know who I'm talking about. Let me see. I think I have to find her name now because now it's going to bother me. I don't get her name right. Let's see. Uh, what is her name? Uh, Major Major Taylor Green. Yes, I was close. I don't even know how to pronounce her name, but anyways. Um, so she's um, an individual uh, that represents represents us up in Congress, Congresswoman, and she recently um, took a picture um, promoting, I think, a podcast, and she has the American flag, and she's sitting in a car, big truck, and she has guns, and she's sitting in front of an image of the Capitol, you know, being blown up or something to that effect. And this, this you know, depiction of, of violence and guns and, you know, fighting the institutions, you know, from the people who are Democrats versus Republican, you know, um, that is the narrative that is depicted and that horrible image of somebody who represents our country. And I don't see red or blue. I see America. When I go out and, you know, serve my time in Iraq and Afghanistan, I didn't say I'm fighting for Democrats. I'm fighting for Republicans. I said I'm fighting for America and the Constitution and the American way of life. 
All right, that's what I was fighting for. And what is the American way of life? Is the American way of life um, killing each other? You know, do I go over there, have my bow buddies who have gotten blown up or died overseas? Um, did they do it so that way we have the right to kill each other or maybe even somebody to come and kill your kids and terrorize your family? Is that what we do it for? Um, you know, and I would argue that that is not what we expect um, when we come home. We expect to, to, you know, come home to a place that's that's increasingly becoming a better place to live, to, to become the pinnacle of what, what people want to be a part of. And that's not where uh, we're going. So we have to find ways uh, to reverse that. You know, the idea that, you know, the Second Amendment talks about a well-regulated militia. Um, well, in the military, you know, when you when you're not when you're not conforming with the rules, then you get kicked out. So if a, a part of the, the deal um, was to, to be part of a well-regulated militia, then we should have expectations that people are trained and they act accordingly um, for the defense of the state to resist oppression for self-defense or for the benefit of your fellow citizen. These are the ways that guns, you know, should be used if they have to be used. But I will say that over in Germany, there are, um, it's not a gun epidemic. Um, people don't have guns in their homes unless they're hunters, but then there's an extensive process to even get that weapon. But people live um, carefree. They go to carnivals. They they go. They let their kids out to play at you know nine ten o'clock at night. Kids start going to clubs when they're 16, 17 years old. Um, they don't have to worry about club shootings. They go to school. They come home. They pursue educations. They contribute to their society. And and being shot is not a concern um, as you wake up in the morning and go about your day. And uh, America, the land of opportunities, um, you know, has this extensive issues. And we figured out a lot of problems for a lot of other people around the world, but we still haven't figured out our own challenges. And this is something, you know, that we have to put on the table and address. I would say that for the people who are listening, um, if you feel compelled um, by the narrative to, to act on it, then, you know, you can you know, show your, your voice, um, supporting people who, uh, who are, are petitioning for us uh, on the government level around these issues. You know, that's one way to get your voice out there. Um, you can, if you are a gun owner, you can make responsible choices and, and, you know, put your brain back in your head, put your heart back in your chest and take it out of the magazine. And a lot of people think, um, you know, with their guns, they think about, uh, you know, how shiny their collection is, is like owning muscle cars, is the passion behind it. And I get it, you know, they, they go boom, boom. You know, when I go to the firing range, uh, you know, and, and I shoot a, a gun, and you feel the power behind it and you're trying to aim and hit the center target, you know, it's fun. And I get it, you know, people like to have their guns, um, but uh, what are we using them for? What's the potential circumstances that we can find ourselves in when we start to use it as an extension of our emotions. We use it as a form of expression. I'm mad at my girlfriend, let me shoot her. I'm mad at the guy who's next to me and you know, that's road raging, let me shoot him. You know, we use it as a form uh, to extend our, ex our expressions. And most of the time when the gun is removed um, from that individual and they're going to jail, um, then all they can think about is remorse. And what if I didn't have 
that gun, I would have had to act differently. I would have had to just be mad at that person at the, at the, at the stoplight. But guess what? My life goes on and his life goes on, um, you know, and we have to realize um, the effects that having these resources in society, um, the opportunities that they create for bad things to happen. And, um, you know, I'm just tired of seeing the narrative. And, you know, every day, um, you know, my nieces and my cousins in the States um, live in this environment. My niece was at one of the schools um, where a student shot their teacher in the shoulder. She wasn't attending the school at the time, but she that's one of the schools that she went to. And she's since moved on from that school. But these circumstances uh, get closer and closer to home. So I'm not against the Constitution. I'm not against um, the rights that American people have. But what I am against is turning a blind eye and ignoring the impact that is having on our children, that's having on our society, that's having on the emotion and the feeling of safety um, that we should have in America. America should be the place that you come because you know that we're progressive and we're thinking about ways to improve society and improve equal opportunity, freedom of religion, freedom of expression, freedom of, of, of all the things that you want to say and want to do and want to be, it's there and available, but freedom to live is, is paramount. And, and these kids who don't get a chance to go to the, the polls and voting booths, you know, we're voting for them. We're voting for them. Um, when we, when we say that, indiscriminate of the impact that our decisions today will have on their future, we're going to decide because we enjoy our guns. We choose our guns over our kids. And and we won't always be so fortunate to just be on the side of the news article that we're just reading it. Sometimes we may be the subject of the news article. And we have to think about that. Um, you know, this is a, a, you know, a pandemic. This is an epidemic in America, you know, and, and uh, we have to act accordingly. And, you know, the, the states that are enabling this, the institutions that are enabling this, that are benefiting financially at the cost of lives, um, you know, it's not right. And if anyone um, was offended by this particular message today, I would say that I am unapologetic um, because I'm speaking on behalf of the 33,462 people who have died over the past year who didn't get a vote. And that is something that a hurt emotion can sustain because it's not a bullet. And, you know, we also have the freedom of speech, which is a great resource um, when you use it correctly. So I would uh, petition um, people to consider this message and to act on it and to talk to your friends and neighbors um, about ways that we can find a better solution that they can support that will get after making sure that we are responsible and we improve society with our resources and not hinder it. That's the message for today. Thank you for joining me for another message, another session uh, with Military Mentor. And I'm looking forward to talking to you guys again next week. And I'm sure we'll find another interesting topic to peel back. So thanks for listening.